87%, yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something, why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or, you've, or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just wanna to get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you wanna to get to 10,000. Let me tell you something, you need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you, that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session. The four lead sources this Canadian real estate agent uses to close 150 to 250 transactions a year and more. Guys, I'm telling you right now, you're going to love this conversation with my good friend and fellow Club Wealth coach, Jason O'Keefe from Canada. And listen, just because he's from Canada doesn't mean that his information, advice, or expertise is discounted by 35%. It just means that he plays with Monopoly money. Uh, but I got to tell you, dude, this guy's a baller. Wait till you hear what he has to share us today. Jason, I'm so stoked that you're here, man. I love it when you do these kinds of uh, podcasts with me. Uh, it's been way too long, and I'm glad we're finally getting this done. Uh, but talk to us. So real estate's different in Canada, right? I mean, your market's different than everybody else's, right? Uh, no, not really. Like we've had this conversation many times. Thanks again, Michael, for having me on. And yes, our money is like Monopoly because it's different color for every different thing. So it is kind of that way, right? But uh, but it's also no, not I mean, dropping in value like ours is. <laughs> well, when your drops, ours seems to go with you. So we're stuck with you that oh, way. So geez. right, but you know, winter's coming. We'll survive. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No, real estate as a whole is a little different on how we deal with um, closings, and uh, we don't have escrow, and uh, we don't get as many short sales as you, and all that other stuff. There is some uh, some differences, right? Not as many for sale by owners, but we are starting to see a few more come back that way. We can't call the expireds; that's illegal. Uh, we have to do not call lists like you guys, so we do have that. But we can't buy. I believe you guys can buy mobile numbers we can't get that so you know one of the things that a lot of people used to do was do a lot of cold calling to homes but that's gone the way of the dodo because everyone's got cell phones now nobody gets a, a landline unless they're 65 and up you know they might still have a few but uh that's definitely changed the way things are so you know my team spends a lot of uh we spend a lot of time on our ppc ads our Facebook ads, uh, those are where we do a lot of our online stuff because it generates a lot of phone numbers for us. So, you know, after I built the team in 2017, you know, we're over 110,000 people in our database, uh, 50,000 have mobile numbers. So that's really where we spend a lot of time and energy uh, building that lead source for us, right? So that's one of our biggest, between PPC and Facebook are two of our biggest lead sources that we deal with. All right, so let's get into each one of those really quick. I want to go a little bit deeper on this. I don't want to just be yep. surface level. Help us understand. Yep. Let's start with PPC. Give us the five keys to success with PPC. What exactly are you doing? How much do you spend? What keywords do we need to be using? Like what what what's important about PPC and how do we make it work? Well, for us with PPC, I do work with an outside company that uh, generates the leads for us. But the thing about the PPC, so let's actually go back. So we did start equal PPC and Facebook, but now we spend a lot more back on the Facebook, Google AdWords and all that because it we get a lot more information from those. Um, realistic phone numbers, we'll get some addresses out of it. Um, big thing in Canada, we don't get a lot of seller leads. So, you know, you're looking for those buyer leads that have an address attached. Um, they give us a little bit more information. Their contact information is more relevant today than it was in the past, right? So, the quality of lead, even though we pay more for them, it's a better quality lead than Facebook and other stuff right now. So that's how PPC works in our world. Um, we haven't done a lot of SEO. That's something we're working on, but that's a long game for a lot of people, right? So, Okay, so you said you're using a third-party outside company. Is that Wilopo? Is that who you're using for that? Yeah, we so, yeah, we use Wilopo. It's generated about 25% of our business over the last four years. 
Wow. Right. Wow. So um, it's definitely, uh, again, took a little bit of a hit this year, but I think it, all lead sources are down per se. So nothing, you know, a few tweaks here and that. Um, they're constantly revamping their game. And, and when we started, we were probably more Facebook-ish with them, with uh, how their stuff worked, right? So over time, we just realized our Facebook leads were going down. So we kind of cut that back. And we really um, focused in the last two years more on the PPC side of uh, with Wilopal. Okay, so then, but you said it was pay per click, while uh, Facebook, and then, but that's if that's if Wilopo is making up only twenty five percent of your business. Where's the other seventy five percent coming from? Um, so we've actually now just added. Um, we do a lot of put, put out a lot of our leads on L two L leads to listings. That's where we're generating a lot of Facebook leads from, and and that source has been pretty good so far. And we do a little bit with Wilopo with the, the the Facebook, right? So we're doing looking at outside companies, right? We've looked at other lead sources in the past. It's just those are the two main ones. And then, of course, open houses. You know, that's one of the biggest things right now. You got ready, set buyers walking into the doors, right? Like you need to be doing COVID killed them for a while. But and then everybody went online and our online was huge. But now that's come down the online and we're getting way more people now back into um, open houses. So that's one of the biggest generation of new buyers, new leads. And then we're still very heavily on our sphere. So that's um, doing client events, uh, monthly marketing, um, doing first-time homebuyer stuff, any of that stuff, right? Okay, so let's back up. I want to take this a step at yeah. a time. Okay, right. so first of all, you're doing client events. How often are you doing those and what do you do? Uh, we're getting back to four a year. Okay. All right. And what's, what's your next one? Do you know your next one coming up? Uh, yeah. Family day photos, uh, December 17th at the office. Perfect. We'll okay. Either we'll have Santa or we do a family thing. We, and we also make it, uh, um, people can bring their dogs. Okay. Because one of the agents on our team does a lot of fostering of dogs and stuff. So we incorporate that. And that's actually been one of our best lead generation systems. So hold on. Do you bring foster dogs to the pictures in case somebody wants a picture of the dog, but doesn't have one? <laughs> Uh, she, she actually got one right now. So who knows if it's still around, we'll bring it. That's the way to go. I like that. I've never actually heard that approach. That's pretty cool. All right. So yeah, not a bad thought. We can throw that one in and they're always puppies, right? People love puppies. Of course. Yeah. Right. And that's a great way to adopt them out, man. I bet you could, yeah. I bet you could rehome a bunch of dogs there or get homes yeah. for them. All right. So let's, um, let's come back to the monthly. You said you're doing monthly marketing to your database, your sphere of influence to get more sphere of influence business. So besides the client events, what's the marketing? Uh, just updating people on stats, stuff like that. But also the main, the biggest thing is inviting them always out to the events. Like, you know, that is like, talking to your database four times a year on the phone, inviting them to events. That's the biggest way you're going to get them. Um, and then yeah. and then setting them up on, I mean, we don't have HomeBot in Canada. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll come up with a system where we can update people regularly. That's something that's ongoing. Um, talking to Y Lopal is one of them that might have that going forward for Canada now. So that'll be a big thing, right? I know um, Chime has that also. There's a little thing in there we can use. Freaking um, love if, Chime, by the way. Great CR. I know. I'm a follow-up boss guy, but, you know, we can – that's the one thing that follow-up doesn't have, Chime does. But You mean everything? What? No. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just – I know. We can, we can debate that, right? Dude. I debated that with my – I debated that with my uh, – my coach Lee Garland too. So we said, had a great he switch away from follow boss. He he told me that you convinced him to use Chime, but he thinks follow boss is still amazing. Also, I, I don't think, think he's that follow boss is bad. I just think <laughs> no. that Chime's a lot better. Uh, you know what? And I'm not saying it isn't, but based on my relationship with Y Lopo, follow boss is the way to go for me. Oh, that's right. Because you're pretty. Yeah, that's right. Follow uh, Y Lopo is really tied to follow boss. You're right about yes. that. 100%. Okay, so so by the way, Nevin Hollett's uh, watching. Kim Butler, good to see you both. Uh, and ho hello, Nevin. Hello, uh, Nevin says hi. By the way, Kim says some of us are doing monthly mailers. Are you doing any monthly yeah. mailers, Jay? Um, that's Kim. She's on my team, so uh, she's definitely doing that out to the agent uh, to her database. Am I no? I you know what? I kind of got away from that. That's something that we may have to look at doing a little bit more, right? So, yeah, I'd love to know what specifically she's mailing out or what specifically other members of your team are mailing out. Uh, do you know if anything off the top of your head? Um, she is, she does some stuff with Buffini. So I think those cards every month, those cards and probably updates 
um, through that. She could probably answer that question better than I can. But I was I went there years and years ago to his coaching stuff, and that was kind of what it was, right? And I know people do drop eyes and other things, right? So, you know, as an agent, you can go a thousand different ways, right? But sometimes just focusing on what you have and what you're good at. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I never got any value out of mailing out those items of value that you paid for, the glossy piece of paper or whatever. I didn't feel like I got any, uh, you know, any bump out of that. But, um, you know, again, I was doing client events and the newsletter worked really well. Uh, And then Kim just posted out that she's uh, she's doing uh, handwritten personal notes. And those I've always had really good success with. I I would Um, agree with those. I think you should, especially new people, when you talk to them on the phone on that, sending a card saying thanks for taking the time to speak to me the first time, I think, and putting your business card, I think those are great things to do. Yeah. Right. All all agents should do that. Yeah, I agree. And we've got a system for that. We always recommend, you know, three to five lines, bluing, broad tip pen, unique clothes, day, date, time, location that you wrote the note in the upper right hand, or excuse me, uh, yeah, upper right hand corner. Uh, So, uh, all right, that said, Jason, so at 150 to 250 transactions a year, what would you say, uh, are the keys to getting there? Like what's it really take to get to that production level? Um, systems, um, great people around you. <laughs> you know what, as much as I do, you got to have, you got to be organized and have great people in your organization to get there. Right. So our top times I was doing probably about a third of the business and the, Oh no, about 20% of the business. I've stepped back a bit. Um, I've got some great agents that are in here every day making phone calls that's also now one of their biggest thing is they're just driving through our pond. We got 50,000 leads there. They're in there making calls. Um, their goal is 25 conversations a day. And uh, the, the rock stars on this team are getting there, right? How it, many appointments it's a struggle for new agents. Pardon? How many appointments are they setting a day? Um, their goal is one a, one a day up here. That mm-hmm. seems to be something that's achievable. It's not to say you can't get to two, but I think um, one appointment a day is um, their goals, right? So if they can get that, they'll do well. We don't have as much movement up here or the population base you guys do. So it's a little bit more of a, you know, you're recycling through the same people. Right. Well, and, and to Leslie's point, Leslie Monroe mentions uh, follow up, follow up, follow up, right? I mean, it's all about yeah. follow up and, and really building those relationships on trust, right? We talk about that a lot at our events, you know, it's making sure that you're truly building a relationship on trust with these guys. Um, by the way, I want to jump back. Nevin uh, had asked about, hey, I, you know, should I can be considering Chime? What are the best features? Because uh, I can get Chime for cheap with EXP. Um, I would suggest you can actually get the full version of Chime and you can get it with Black Hat technology in the United States, not necessarily available in Canada yet, uh, but with uh, Black Hat. Yeah, and that's what I would recommend, Nevin, uh, Nevin is go to... Uh, I think it's clubwealth.com forward slash black hat. I think if you just go there, you can find out more about it. Uh, but yeah, it'd be less expensive than, get, than you can get it anywhere else. And it comes with the AI and all that stuff built in. Uh, anyway. Yeah, he's uh, he's in the east eastern part of uh, North America in Newfoundland, so Canada. So, so he he's in have, Canada? Oh, he's in Canada. He's in the farthest, farthest place of Canada. Yeah, right? you're screwed, ne- you, Nevin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> next, next, stop's, next stop's Ireland for him. Oh my gosh. All right. So Jason, so let's back up though. I want to talk more about the, the whole team building process and about, you know, what it really takes to get to that level. I mean, obviously we, you know, we talk about follow-up and how important that is and you got to have the leads first. So you have somebody to follow up with. Um, but talk to me about the actual team building process. There's a lot of people in Canada that, and not just Canada, but the U S as well, but I think more so in Canada right now where they're a little apprehensive about starting a team or joining a team. Why don't you give us your take on teams as a whole and, and then maybe a little bit more on, you know, what it takes to start and build one. I truly believe the way the business is going um, with all the different technologies, all the different stuff, coming down the pipeline, I really believe teams are going to definitely be the bigger spots um, to allow everyone to work together with all the technology. Um, not to say an individual agent can't do it. It's just, it can be expensive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've always been part of a team or what I call a co-op um, where we all pool our money to have certain things, whether it was admin, some other stuff. So, you know, I always looked at it, it was always the same for me. It's always helpful. Um, the first part, if I was starting a team again, I, a great admin, um, a great admin is the first and foremost thing. After mm-hmm. that, I would start to add some buyer agents or um, some agents to your team um, and get that down and go slow by slow. Like 
you know, I started the team with, with another guy. We joined forces. He left. He's actually come back to the team, left. Now he's back to the brokerage. So we've always had that relationship. But uh, having an admin was great. Um, one of my first hires is Leslie. She's on here right now. Uh, she joined our team probably 2016, I think now. So that was one of the great things is having great people around her and having people like Leslie join was awesome. Um, and then we just kind of built up from there, you know, and some of the best agents have the, on the, on our team have amazing culture. Um, we all have the same goal in mind. Um, they're great people to come to work with. They, um, keep you accountable as a leader. Um, they push you to you know try different things, do different things. So those are the things I would start small. I wouldn't just all of a sudden throw 20 people together and just start going. I think that can be messy. Find the right people. Write down your values. And we're about to do an exercise with our team on Friday that we learned at Club Wealth where, you know, what are my values? What do I want to be of the team values? Um, what, what what does the team want from the values? And where do we want to go is kind of what uh, it's where you want to get to, right? And don't I've made mistakes. I've had people join the team where they shouldn't have joined the team. I've had people say they want to join the team and don't do what they say they're going to do. Um, we do take on dual agents and a lot of the people that, uh, whether it was Leslie that's on this or Kim, they were all dual agents at some point. Right. And I'm okay with that. And I think in the environment today, I think you have to be okay with that if you want to grow your team larger, but have a spot for everybody. Okay, and that, I like where you're going with that because I think a lot of team leaders feel like, you know, okay, it's either, you know, and, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not even saying there's a right or a wrong way with this, but I, but I'll say this. A lot of team leaders feel like, look, you're either on the team or you're not on the team. You're either going to crush it or we don't have time for you. And then there's team leaders like you, Jason, where they're saying, you know, I'm okay with some, you know, dual career agents on the team. And and I'm, I'm okay with people that aren't necessarily going to be, you know, just crushing it as members of the team necessarily, but they're also going to be doing some other stuff. Uh, and, and maybe they segment off, you know, kind of the, the, the things that they provide those team members versus the things they provide the team members that are maybe a little bit more focused on their career and, and focused on, you know, really achieving a high level of success. And then there's of course the casual real estate agents and so forth. So, I guess what I want to ask is how do you balance that culture? How do you have the Eagles on your team and still have some casual agents on your team that maybe aren't going to produce at that level? And how do you keep them both happy? Um, we start with, if you want to join the team and you want to start part-time in that, you don't get new leads, um, our better quality leads. You start with our pond. You start making calls in there. You start adding people to the database from your sphere. You start doing that stuff. That's how you kind of get going. It kind of gets your feet wet. You see what it's all about. We've had some people join and then within a week they're gone because they can't even do that. And, you know, a little bit of time and money with them, but how do you know who they are until you get them? Um, with your rock star agents, you want to make sure they get better quality leads. They get better um, opportunities. They get one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching. Um, they just get more of your time, right? They get the time and they get the leads. Um, those are the biggest thing. And they can... You know, we ask everybody to be on our huddle every morning. It is uh, mandatory to be there if you're going to get leads. So a part-time, my apologies, a dual agent, if they can't get on there, well, they're not going to get the leads. And, and you know, trying to get them to get there on their own time. Um, you'll see who wants to be a full-time agent and wants to stay as a dual agent. And have a swap form. Like, we have some dual agents, um, you know, they'll do on our team, you know, four to six deals a year, and they're okay with that. And then the full-times want to do more now, right? They want to do one to two deals a month, right? So, and that's good in Canada. If you can get an agent that wants to do one to two deals a month, that's a good living in Canada, especially in our price point. So, mm -hmm. you know, accept that. And and I've always, um, we, we've tried to move things around a little bit because a lot of our best agents are moms and they have families and they have kids and their priorities are family first. And I get that and I'm all for that. So it's just trying to have a balance, right? And and build the team accordingly. So when you say that a lot of the members of your team are moms, yeah, what, uh, for those Americans watching, I just want to be very clear. He means mothers, not the flower. Yes. Just, uh, just throwing it out there. Just <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, and like, you have to understand, like, they they have they get pulled many different ways, right? It all depends. Mm -hmm. um, is this, a, you know, are they a breadwinner? Are they not a breadwinner? Are they... Um, you know, are they supporting their family? Is their husband working a lot? Like you got to find that um, balance for them, right? What works for them, right? So um, I would say my best agents are um, mothers, right? Yeah. 
Well, and, and to your point, you know, when we're talking about, we, you know, we're talking about two, dual career agents, or maybe you're talking about moms, either way, you've got to meet people where they are. And what that really means is that, you know, just because you want to go crush it and make, you know, millions of dollars a year doesn't mean that's everybody else's goal. And there's going to be people that are going to be great members of your team that maybe aren't interested in crushing it at that level necessarily. And I think that's something that's lost on a lot of people. Uh, you know, now to Kim's point, Kim Butler again uh, says, you know, they have to have a positive mindset and attitude and be coachable uh, and then they can succeed. And that goes for people, whether they're full time in real estate or whether they're dual career. Uh, in fact, we were talking with uh, uh, Amber Flynn Jared down in uh, Cookville, Tennessee here recently. Uh, she's got what 35,000 population and she did 497 transactions last year uh, in such a small town. And she said that not only did most of her top producers start off as dual career, but she did also. So I'm curious, yep. like, you know, do you, what do you do with a dual career agent that wants to eventually be full-time in real estate? Like, how are you encouraging them without pushing so hard that you lose them? Um, we try and get them into as many of the team meetings as possible. Um, and we'll do those team meetings. A lot of them we'll do by Zoom so they can get onto it, whether they can take time off. Like one of the guys on our team, he was a mechanic my best friend in the world and it took me two years to get him to finally make the jump and you know he'd be working on a car and he'd still have the earbuds and listening to the the meetings right so no he he won't participate in the meeting but he's listening he's he's jumping on the calls he's doing this he's doing that so it took him two years to finally you know say enough's enough and uh you know make that jump because a lot of people don't want to give up that paycheck either right that's a scary it's a scary thing to um, go from making a, a steady paycheck to, you know, hunting for your food every day. Right. So I get it. I, I started out as a uh, dual career agent, so I understand that uh, and I'm okay with that. So find ways to involve them in things like we, we do. Um, we try and do now four one one training in the evening at four o'clock. We try and move things around and I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I have got a great director of sales that, Sometimes he'll stay late to onboard somebody if he has to. Um, so, you know, having a great team around everybody. And, uh, you know, we also, we use Slack channel within our thing. So, you know, if, if a dual agent can't get to a showing, somebody can definitely step up it's during the day. In return, we just ask that they do the same when they're available. So things like that. And that's really made it uh, a great place to, uh, I think, and you've got some of our team members on there. It's a great place to come to work. We have a great culture. And it's funny, the people that give their time, um, they are always rewarded. So, you know, we have some we have some decent um, dual agents right now giving their time. Well, and to your point, you know, you kind of get what you put into it, right? And it's funny yeah. because I hear people all the time, you know, we'll do a webinar or we'll do a training or we'll do an event or whatever. And the vast majority of people come out of there, man, this is the best ever. I learned a ton of information. It's phenomenal. Thank you so much. And then you get that one knucklehead every time you get that one knucklehead. Ah, this was terrible. It was horrible. It was blah, 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 blah. You know, and I think to myself, when it comes to people like that, the reality is it's probably not that that they gave it their all and had a bad experience. It's probably that, number one, they didn't give it their all. They didn't, you know, they didn't pour themselves into the event or the webinar or whatever. And so they didn't get as much out of it. But more than that, I think a lot of times when you hear the, that negative feedback, I think more often than not, it's just a reflection of what's going on in their own life. Um, and so, you know, when you talk about culture on your team, when you've got that person on your team, that's kind of negative and they're maybe even almost borderline cancerous, a lot of times that stems from something's going on in their personal life. It may or may not even have anything to do with work. The question though, is how do you dig deep on that? What are you doing? Like, you know, how, how deep do you go on that? Jason, are you, are you running toward those things and attacking it right away and getting it solved right away or getting them gone right away or whatever, or are you kind of letting it work itself out, giving them a chance to let time heal? Or, you know, what, how are you handling those things? Um, usually if I hear about it, like I have a policy, like if you have an issue, please just come and talk to me. Sometimes it comes to me indirectly because they don't want to say it directly to me. So when I find out about it, I usually try and um, go at the problem right away and talk to the person as much as I can. I mean, look, we all have issues in our lives. We all have moments. We all have things if I can do anything to help anyone on my team, whether it's been um, lend them a little bit of money to get them through a time, whether it's just give my time, whatever it is, I try and do what I can, especially for the people that give me time back. 
right? Like if you're if you're somebody on my team that just needs a little help once in a while or needs a something at that moment, and you've given hours and hours of time to the team of that, I'm going to do everything I can to help you. If you're one of those guys that doesn't spend, doesn't come on the meetings, doesn't do anything, and then you need help, well, you're not likely to get it as fast, right? So. Have I helped some people like that in the past that didn't give me enough time? Yeah, that burned me. Cost me a few bucks sometimes. So I've learned. Um, but does it mean I'll do it again? Probably. It's just who I am as a person. Uh, you know, I want to see everyone around me be happy. Yeah. Right? Well, so. I mean, you, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you're a giver. And and so the good news is givers usually get. Uh, but the, the reality is that you're, you're sometimes going to encounter these people that aren't bringing their A game for the team and yet suck a lot of your time. You know, we were talking about this on a video recently where, uh, you know, we're discussing the whole, what do you do with that C player that's going to do, you know, one, two deals a year at most, and they're just sucking up a bunch of your time. And, you know, like on the huddle, for example, do you let them even talk on the huddle? And I heard you say pretty much they don't talk anyway, but – if you had that person that was, you know, doing very little production, but was kind of really domineering the huddle, if you will, uh, you know, would you put a stop to that? What, what would you, what would you do about that? How would you resolve that? If they're not putting in the time and energy and helping people, oh no, we cut that off real quick. Yeah. We just, we just cut them off. And to be honest with you, the funny thing is the people that come on the huddle all the time are the people that want to be successful. Yeah. They, they want to keep, they want to be kept I wouldn't say you know, they're accountable, but I think they're accountable to themselves already for being there. And uh, like, you know, we have one agent on a team. She's at every, every huddle um, stays extra for scripting. Um, she gives more than anybody else on the team. I think I'd be the grass. I mean, there's some people on my team here that, I mean, they know who it is. She gives as much, she gives more than she gets all the time. Right. And, you know, I probably don't give her enough recognition some days. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that huddle for a second. Tell me what it is. What, you know, how often do you hold the huddle? What time do you hold the huddle? What do you guys do on your huddle? Give, give us some detail on that. So our Monday, Monday, we have a team meeting at 830, uh, just to go over to what's going on with the team and stuff like that. And then Tuesday to Friday, we do a huddle at 830. Um, Mel on my team runs that huddle. She does a better job than I does do. And if not, um, Kevin or Leslie will step in. So basically what happens is they, they want to know their numbers every day. Uh, you know, what did you account, what did you hit yesterday and what's your goal today? Um, again, our goal is to try and get to 25. Does it happen every day? No. Um, but, and then we'll ask also questions about, um, you know, how did you get that appointment? Um, then we'll also ask, is there anything you, you're not doing or you need help with? And then a lot of times, like today, we rolled into subscripting. So, you know, sometimes the huddle lasts 15 minutes. Uh, sometimes it'll last no more than a half an hour. And, uh, you know, we scripted out a question today about, um, you know, we don't see a lot of this where people are getting paid by the selling agent or the listing because uh, they may not have enough money to cover the loan and our commission. So how do you deal with that? So we just scripted out how you can put it, uh, prepare it with your, um, the buyer to understand that they may have to pay directly at closing. So mm -hmm. again, some of that doesn't happen a lot here, but that's something I think is going to happen more and more as we see more foreclosures and stuff like that in Canada. Well, and not only that, but boy, you're sure seeing a lot of that, you know, in America right now, you know, when it comes to, you know, who's paying the commissions and how much yep. and all this stuff. I mean, geez, we got all these lawsuits going on right now. I'm, I'm sensing that you guys are fairly insulated from that for the time being, but what do you think in long term? Well, we have new, uh, we have new forms and uh, um, laws coming out in December 1st to deal with a lot of this. Okay. You know what? I'd love to tell you about it. I haven't got into it enough. Um, but basically, it's um, going to be explaining more about how uh, customer service and clients work and who pays who and how that all gets dealt with. So we have some mandatory training next week. I'm going to be on it. We've played a bit for our uh, team, but until it came up closer, there's also new forms that I guess just got released. Uh, we can't use them until December 1st. So next week, we're getting into that. We'll, we'll uh, set up some times for the agents. To understand it so between myself and a few of us we'll go through it all and figure it out yeah. you know again it's a big change and i think i'm not sure if it started because of what's happening in the u.s but it's definitely keeping us ahead of you guys um we've had it's mandatory to have buyer rep agreements up in canada for years mm -hmm. like we can't get paid unless we have one right so the new thing is just going to be how we're explaining it more um and we may have to change our our menu-based system to say this is what we get paid for our marketing side of listing your house and then you guys can decide what that looks like on that side, right? So 
Yeah, we'll get into the different laws. We don't want to have that issue coming north. You guys can keep that one. All right. So let's talk about you just touched on something else I think is a great topic. Talk to us about menu driven selling. How do you do it? What do you, you know, what like who do you use it with? What's in it? All that good stuff. Um, so we basically have three listing um menus. We have our basic, our standard, and our premium. And in each one, we have different things that we do for that uh the seller. Um could be like, you know, for just throwing it on our MLS system and uh, taking some videos, it's this price. Now, if you want some soft staging, some drones, uh, you want to put it on um, our different marketing and all that, it's this one is our standard. And then if we go to premium, you know, we may hire a handyman or we may do some work on your house or give us some of that value. We may for, pay for some of your moving costs. So again, it's all dependent on which one, you know, where everybody wants to set. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of my, you know, these um, listing companies that uh, list their list for basically nothing and all that. Right? So we have to adapt ourselves. Again, it's like anything, you get what you pay for, right? And a lot of people want to, you know, they don't they don't necessarily need the premium either, um, but they want more than that standard. So, or sorry, more than that basic. So a lot of people go to more of that standard package and it's, it's filled with great stuff, right? So um, it definitely gives people value. But essentially what you're doing is you're giving them options instead of dictating, hey, this is what we charge. This is how it has to be. Yep. You're saying, hey, look, there's all these different options out here. You can choose either one of the, you know, any one of these three that you want. Uh, anyone is fine, right? Yeah, I think that may come to fruition with the buyer side, uh -huh. right? Uh, you may have different, you know, menus driven this way. Do you want this level of service, this level of service, you know, Um you know, I can do that. I can just send you listings and you get, you pay me this, um, send me listings and I'm going to do this, this for you, or, you know, Hey, I'm going to go door knock for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to cold call for you, but that's going to cost you this. Right. So, you know, who knows what that looks like? Um, you know, I think you guys in the U S are in for, in for some interesting changes to the <laughs> rules. Uh, and we'll watch those. You guys can, like I said, keep it all you want. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a mess. It's going to be interesting to see. And that, they're going after big teams now. Uh, I saw that. Some of the bigger teams in Texas I saw. Yeah, yeah. I saw, right. you know, I saw they were going after, uh, I think Lance Loken was named on that. Tim yeah, Lyle. I heard that. Uh, yeah. That's, that'll change. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think, what, Inman's next week? I think that's going to be an interesting conversation down there for you guys. So Dude, I'll, I'll, be watch, I'll be watching. Right? What a circus. I agree. Uh, yeah. By the way, Kim says, yeah, it empowers the client to make a choice of what makes the most sense for them. Yeah. Thank you for that, Kim. I agree. Uh, okay. So let me ask you this. So you've got like, you know, for example, on the call here, you've got several of your team members. Yep. Uh, what are the key components in your mind of really fostering great culture on your team? I think as a team leader, you have to have an ear to listen to everybody of what they want. Um, you've got different personalities. We just made them all do it. We're doing a team building event. Sorry, team business planning on Friday. Um, I did made them all take a disc, I think. And we're going to go over what everyone's disc is in that. Um, I think people need to understand what the difference is of who you're dealing with. Um, I'm a 99D, 99I type of guy. Uh, I got about three on the uh, C factor. So... You know, it's been interesting to look at everyone's sis that's put them in so far to see who they are. I was I'm pretty good on some of them. Some of them shocked me. So it gives you a better idea of who on your team is who and how do you deal with them? Because the bigger your team, the more issues you will have um, because you've got some pretty big personalities and it's finding a nice match. But the biggest thing, and this goes across the board, is team first. And I treat myself as two people on this team. I am uh, the, the team owner per se, but I'm also still a real estate agent. I'm still in production. So I treat myself the same. I play, I pay the same splits as everybody else into the team, but the team has to make money and um, you've got to have people working the same thing and you want them to show the same ethics when they're out there. If their ethics don't match and they're causing your team issues, then you need to deal with it. Right. So um and that's a constant ebb and flow. But yeah, great culture. Having people show up to the client events, um, coming out to the team events, doing all that. I find sometimes these dual agents don't show up to some of them. And it's only hurting them to become a full-time agent, to be honest with you. 
the more they can buy into the team, the better. Um, hey, the team's here. Like, let's be honest. Right now, it's a grind. Uh, you're on the phones. You're doing everything. Like, we all yeah. hear businesses down, doing all this stuff. It's a grind. It is tough. Um, so having a great team of people around you to pick you up some days, it's amazing. And I think oh, yeah. that's one of the main jobs I have as an, uh, as an owner. It's to be positive, show up every day to work, be here for the t- people on the team. Um, you know, the other day I felt bad. I didn't feel well on Monday. I had to leave before I did my four on ones with agents and I take it per- more personally than they do. I don't think they notice that. So I want them to be successful. I'd be happy if everybody on my team did more, made more money than me. Uh, that'd be a great day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. It's like the old ad says, right? You know, you help enough people get what they want. Eventually you get to what you want. Right. So it's fun. Yeah. Not not only is it fun, it's rewarding in so many different ways to help other people get what they want. Now, I want to bounce back here. Jody Purdy, I'm assuming is also Jody's also on your team, right? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Jody says, uh, but if you have more people to draw experience from, so you're not burning out uh, one single person when you ask for support. Man, that's totally true, Jody. 100% agree. Yeah, we so- have a great, great Slack channel that you ask a question on our team, somebody's coming in to answer it, yeah. right? Um, it's, it's been a great thing to have. And I love the fact that I've got some great people and a bunch of them are on this that are always there to help. So it's not always on me, right? Like I have Wednesday nights, my date night, and that does not go away. You are not calling me unless the house is burning down. It better be my house burning down. Um, from seven o'clock, my phone's in the room. I can't touch it. If I do, I get in trouble, but everybody on my team knows it, but that's okay because everybody's there to step up, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody helps out. Everybody is there to help at any given time. Like, again, we got moms, we got uh, fathers, everybody, things happen in life. People get sick. Um, you know, everyone's there to help. And that's been a great thing on this team. The core of the team is that. Is that. Yeah. Well, and I think you'll find that, you know, the core of the team is going to be like that on most teams. The question yeah. is, what's the overriding kind of, what's the word the, the kind of theme on the team what's that what's the overriding kind of feeling on the team the culture of the team if you will that as an example some teams are just hard charge crush it everybody's gonna make a bunch of money and some teams are more like look we love each other we're gonna support each other we're gonna help each other some teams are like dude i'm doing my own thing it's gonna you know i'll you you know I'll hook up with you when i need help or whatever but other than that i'm just gonna kind of do my own thing what i'm hearing from several of your team members is it seems like it's a very collaborative team and that everybody's really mm-hmm. helping each other out yeah and i think one of the things that we haven't done, and that's why I'm really looking forward to Friday, is just going back into that, right? Digging back into it. I think that's one of the things where we haven't done it, maybe because of COVID, other issues. I think we – I really want to dig back into that and rebuild that out and find out more about what these guys want. Um, so that's why we're doing Friday. And uh, that's that's a big part of it is I want to make sure that everybody's still on the same page. We're all continuing to grow individually and as a group. And I'm looking forward to that part of this on Friday more than anything. It's to find out, you know, find out where everyone wants to go. What do we want to do? Right. It's it, like I said, it's been a grind this year. Um, the the two people that have had the most success this year are the people that are that are picking up the phone and calling more and more. Right. Um, and it's a grind. You, I watch them like the, the young guy standing on his chair halfway through the day, um, uh, doing some things to try and get himself going. Um, you know, for him, I think the biggest thing is, you know, trying to become more of that team atmosphere. And he's doing the little things, learning that is be finding out that the team has got more value than an individual. But, you know, it's the grind. And he's in here every day, three, four. And and the other lady did a great job in the spring. She was doing it. Like, um, she was grinding, right? So they're both doubled their business from last year, but they will, both were working hard. And it's not that the other agents aren't. Some of the stuff is some of the people on my team have worked really hard, but just can't get those things to the nuts to fall. But I keep telling them like, keep persevering for it. You will be, have a great 2024. And I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same thing. I haven't had as good a year as I did. And the last few months I've been grinding more and it's a grind. And 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 when, but here's the key, how has it made a difference or has it made a difference? I think we see what happens when, you know, the young guys, the two people that are grinding right now are being a little bit more successful and 
instead of being like, oh, that's not right. That's not fair. They're getting more business. Everybody sees, you know, hey, we need to do it too. And I see it and I see them and yeah, he's, he's making me grind. Like, and that's what it's supposed to be. We're both all supposed to be there to see. It's not a competition in that sense, but it is in your own ability. If you want it to be, it's to see that if you do put in the hard work, it will come. Just sometimes it takes longer for some others than to get there. Right. Like I'm, I would tell you right now, I think people that have in our market, people that have relied on their sphere for all these years, mm -hmm. that's the group that's sitting tight. Yep. Um, my group is in the fifties. Their kids are just moving out. They don't want to downsize. That's my area. So it's affected me because I've always sat on that known, Hey, I can do 30, 40 deals a year off that. Well, they're not moving right now where the young people are, um, you know, the, they're in there making phone calls. They don't, they don't have that sphere. They got to do it the other way. I think that's made a difference right now is us that have spheres. Um, business isn't as good. So the people that are in there calling every day, they're getting those, those, um, you know, people don't want to buy and sell. Right. So, and I see that just not from our team. I, I've seen it from other teams in the area. There's people struggling that have had great businesses with sphere and they're, they're, they're having trouble this year. Yeah. No, you know, I've, I'm hearing that a lot too, you know, where people are, they've been so reliant on their sphere and unfortunately their sphere is just not kicking off the uh, enough business to keep them fed the way they're used to right now. Uh, I mean, well, look at your son. Look at your son. He, he pounds the phones every day, every day, every day. And he's one of the top agents in the U.S., right? So, yeah. but he doesn't have a sphere. <laughs> no. You're 21 years old. Nobody 21 is buying a house. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. So you got no uh, choice. And, and that's where, you know, as, as I'm curious, by the way, with for those of you that are watching live right now, I'd like to know how many appointments have you set this week so far by making phone calls? I just just type it into the chat. How many of you have, how, or, you know, how many appointments have you set this week by making phone calls? Just throw a number in the chat. I'm just curious or in the comments on the Facebook feed. Um, but uh, Jason, to your point, I really feel like this next 12 months and really even just the next six to 12 months, this winter is going to be brutal for a lot of people. Uh, but I think that those that are working hard are going to come out of the other side of this in really, really good shape. Uh, and in particular, it's going to be because there's going to be a lot of agents that just plain go away. And so when that transactional volume does come back, and it will, when that transactional volume does come back, who's going to be the ones that are going to handle it? It's going to be the people that have been nurturing that pipeline over a long period of time while everybody else was sitting by the wayside. Uh, and look at this. I got one person in the chat being honest with me about how many appointments they set so far uh, this week. And that was Leslie said, I have not made any appointments this week. Well, Leslie, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you uh, being honest and stepping up. You know what? She had, when she came back from Anaheim on your event, she hit the phones and she took off this year, right? So she, she, about that. Bad, but she, she loves the golf. Um, she'll say she doesn't golf as much, but she'll get back at it. She's good. She's, she'll get at it. She works hard. So Leslie, I, you know, for you, Leslie, and for others watching right now, can I just tell you that you, you guys, you're just a couple of phone calls away from another transaction closing. It's really not that hard, right? It's just a few phone calls. You just got to get in there and you just got to make it happen. And I'm not saying that it's all about phone calls. There's lots and lots of other great lead generation sources out there, ways you can make money. But at the end of the day, you got to get voice to voice and eventually face to face with as many people as you can, as fast as you can. That's the key. And if you can do that, well, guess what will happen? You'll have success. Look at that. Jody's like, I got three. Kim's like, I got two. Right on. Yeah. That's awesome. You know what? Because if you consistently do that, you'll consistently have success. All right. Now let's do this. Jason, I want to I want to change topics for just yep. a second. Uh, you, you have, well, let's back up. Jason, I want to know, is because you're 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 this uber successful guy do you ever do you ever encounter challenges in your personal life that impact you at work because you can't it's i'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here maybe that's the wrong phrase for it, but I'm, I'm just i'm putting that in mind myself in the minds and the shoes of a lot of agents out there that look at you and see this great success that you're having they think oh well he's got it easy he's he's got he must have the perfect home life or he must have a parent that was in the business or somehow something he's done he's 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 got it easier than i do um I would say, so I've always worked for myself since I was 20. Um, 
lost everything when I was 30. I was worth over a million dollars when I was 29. And then 35, when our family business went down, I was bankrupt at 35. Mm-hmm. I built it back up, got divorced. That went back down. So don't think it's easy. It's just I refuse to go to the mat. And this last two years has been a real struggle for me personally when it comes to financially, mm-hmm. pulling back from the team leads. Like when you're doing 50 in the first or 30 deals in the first four months, and then you take your foot off the gas, um, but your lifestyle is there, it's been a struggle. And then, um, you know, being in a relationship with someone that is used to a nine to five life, it's a struggle them having to understand things, right? And it's just, you know, um, whether having a coach, you know, working for you guys now over two years, um, having a life coach that my fiance and I speak to every six weeks to teach us how to communicate more and uh, better. Look, it's it, no matter what you do in life, there's always moments where you just have tough times. And I would say the last two years have been tough. And Michael and I have talked about this on a personal side, you know, um, issues with kids, talked about that, right? Michael tried to help me out with that one. That lasted about two hours, right? And I appreciate that time. He's in Newfoundland. Nevin, you can go and grab a hold of him for me. Um, but, you know, it's not easy some days. It's not easy getting up and putting your shoes on. I don't care who you are. You went through it with your, your real estate agent to nothing and now coaching company. I mean, we all go through struggles and everybody's going through it and probably a lot more now. And I think reach out to somebody in your world that can help you through it. Um, talk to somebody that's been there. Um, that's why, you know, I've gotten great value out of having that. And you know what? I've had great value of having everybody on my team. Like I've got some amazing of people around me, whether it's at home, whether it's here, they help you through all of these things because everybody struggles. So the only way you get up on this world is you just get up every day. I read a, my fiance gave me a book to read and, and it the book is called just, um, I forget the name of it, but basically it's make your bed every day. You will accomplish one thing if you just make your bed every day. And I'm like, I don't want to read that. I hate making my bed, uh, but I have to at home. Let's be honest. Um, but it's been a great thing every day. Then at least you accomplish one thing. And from there, it just keeps going and going. And you're not going to change if your business is struggling now it may not get better tomorrow, but if you just pick up the phone and make one call, I, I once changed jobs, changed brokerages. And I was sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm going to start making cold calls. So I'm going to, I need to buy a headset. I need to buy this, somebody that. And the broker owner walked by me and I had a phone on the desk. Those, you know, those things we used to have on the desk and he picked it up and he goes here, that's all you need to start. And that's it's right. right. You're just saying one thing. Just accomplish one thing. It's like even for people that smoke or drink, if you want to cut back, it just one day at a time. And and anybody that just starts that way, you'll get there. But everybody's got moments in their lives. We can all sit here and talk about what everything we did, whatever, all these bad things have happened to us and all these other things. But what did somebody say the other day? Um, remember the good things that happened in your life. Remember what you did that um, made you feel good. And go and do that again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if you got a lead from doing an open house and you got a great buyer from doing all, go to another open house. Like I started my business, my the guy I work for, who's one of the biggest agents in town here, his his training for me was get good at open houses. Mm-hmm. Remember, there was no internet leads, there wasn't all that. People still have pagers uh, for the twenty year olds. Those are things that oh, put on your pocket on your. <laughs> no, you got to stop at a payphone. One of those things that don't exist. Um, but he said, just get good at open houses. And I would do two to four a day. And I wasn't from this city. Um, I was lucky enough to, my kids played hockey. I got involved in the community, got involved with coaching, got to meet people. You know, a lot of people on my team have now joined community groups. And we didn't even talk about that as a lead source. Like, they're getting, you know, some of them are involved in the Lions Club up here, um, different community groups, uh, women's networking groups. And they're just giving their time, sports, whatever. Get involved in church. Get involved in all those groups. Those are great. And it's not that you're going to ask for business, but people will get to know you. And when I was with that other guy, we were in a lot of the same groups. It took three to five years for people to recognize me as real estate agent full time. Right. And then they started asking. So there's lots of ways you can do it. It's just get up, put your shoes on, get to work, make one call today. The next day, make two calls. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, hey, I'm going to run in. I'm going to call 100 people today. Yeah, that's that's a tough goal to set for yourself when you haven't done one. So 
yeah, it's, you know, hey, it's tough right now. And I'm there, but you know what? Having great people around me that pushed me also is amazing. Well, and one of the things that I love that you're using as a lead source that we haven't really gone deep on, but that I really do love is open houses. Yeah, and it's really hot in the U.S. right now. It's hot in Canada right now. Open houses are crushing it right now. And I think a lot of the reason why is because so few people are doing them. Um, yep. And and it's, tact it's tactile, right? You get to touch it, feel it, go in there, smell it, look at it, you know, experience it. Uh, and I think that's very, very helpful. All right. I think go it's ahead. good also for if you're not a cold caller, like I hate call, I hate picking up the phone, calling people. I yeah. hate it. I know there's people that love it. Your kid can do it. I can't do it. But if I'm at an open house, I can talk all night long. So yeah. I used to do four weekend. Like it's ready set, right? Like why yeah. are you not doing it? And people do it during the week. Why not? Right? Be strategic. If it's near a school, you're listening. Why aren't you doing when parents are coming to pick up their kids? Like be strategic. I, I think though, to your point, you know, I think there's there's no excuse for failure in this business. If you're willing to do the work, the money will follow. You just have I'm to sorry. do the freaking work. And that means, you know, why wouldn't you hold four open houses a weekend? Why wouldn't you hold twilight open houses all throughout the week? Of course yep. you should, uh, but why wouldn't you? And the, and the answer comes down to, it just doesn't matter enough to you. It's not a high enough priority to you. If you're not willing to do that, then you must not want to be in this business very bad long-term. All right, now, yep. Chase, I want to I flip the script a little bit. Uh, so I told you I'd give you a chance to ask me three questions, anything you want. Uh, so go for it. What, what do you have for me? So one of the biggest things you've seen coming involved, like you just mentioned Black Cat earlier, yeah. how do you think AI is going to change real estate when it comes to the agent side of things? Uh, well, okay. So I think the – Let's back up a step. So let's look at McDonald's, right? What in yep. so in Seattle, and it started in Seattle, which is where I'm from. In Seattle, McDonald's, uh, when the minimum wage went to $15 an hour, McDonald's basically said, pound sand, it's cheaper for us just to put kiosks in all the McDonald's, which they did. And they eliminated a ton of employees in the process, saving themselves millions and millions and millions of dollars in payroll uh, and streamlining the process. Well, guess what? Amazon did the same thing with their Amazon Go product, right? Now you can go into these little convenience stores. It's like a mini grocery store, right? But there's nobody working there. It's just you walk in, you put your hand over the little palm reader, it opens the gate, you go in, you grab whatever you want and you leave. You don't even have to you know, swipe anything, scan anything. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You just grab what you want, walk out. No, if you forgot something, walk back in. It already knows what you're walking in with, knows what you're walking out with. It's all RFID. I'm telling you, game over. I mean, this, this system that they have created is changing everything. Well, now let's apply this to real estate. You know, as we look at automation and uh, as we look at artificial intelligence in particular, how is that going to change real estate? Well, first of all, it's going to, I think, eliminate the low level ISAs. Uh, and I'm talking about voice to voice AI here, right? I'm talking about yep. where you get a phone call from a machine and you can't tell it's a machine. You think you're talking to a real person. Guys, we are this close. In fact, I can tell you right now because we've got AI in Club Wealth uh, that we call Perfect ISA. And I can tell you that I've listened to phone calls where people had no idea they were talking to a computer. They couldn't, oh, yeah. even tell, right? And so what does that mean for the low level ISA? Well, their days are numbered. And I don't know how many days that means they got left, but I would guess, you know, it's less than two years, probably less than a year. Uh, and then what does that mean for real estate agents? I don't know, but I can tell you that I think that it's going to have an impact. And I think that real estate agents are either going to have to adopt the technology or they're going to run over by it. And I think it means there's going to be a lot of legislation that comes down with how we can utilize that technology. I don't think the government's figured it out yet, either in Canada or the U.S. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of of unknown territory there. This is the new frontier, man. This is the wild west. Oh, yeah. So. yeah, I mean, I've already like I've got some ISAs overseas. I've already starting to transition them to do other things for us, like yeah. to um, have other skills involved. And how are they? I think. In the beginning, they'll be doing a lot of the follow-ups, not the initial calls. Um, I have a 50,000-person database right now um, that we have numbers. Like, they're just going to – that I that AI is just going to go right through them in the next few months. Um, it won't even I take a few months. Gonna, the AI could go through that in two days. <laughs> 100%, right? I think yeah. they said something like 2,000 calls a day one AI can make. Like, it's just it's, – it's insane the amount of calls they can make. So, I think for agents, this is where I think – my personal thing is this is where teams are going to overrun single agents because yeah. 
we're going to be able to spend a lot of money on all these leads and the average agent isn't going to have that work. They're not going to have the funds for it. Right. So I think everybody, if that's where I think working together, everybody pooling their money together, is going to help um, having a good CRM, having good systems in there. Um, all of that's going to make a difference in the beginning. And who knows what it's going to look like. Like I watched that thing. Uh, what, who was it? Um, is it Joaquin Phoenix? Where oh. he fell in love with his girlfriend or something who was AI? Yeah, yeah. I think that's coming faster than people believe. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, you know, going through your emails and saying, hey, find the five, you know, the 15 people I miss calling, and it's just going to come through. And by the way, it'll call it for you. Like, it's going to change the way you invite people to your, your client events. So I personally think from an agent side of things, open houses are going to be huge still. Uh, being a front face-to-face -face and getting to know your clients on a one-on-one -on -one level AI is a great introduction right now, but you still got to get to know these people. I think that's how it's going to change in the beginning. Yeah, I but I but I think you're right. No matter how you look at it, it's going to change, and it's going to be a big change, and it's going to be a series of big changes over the next. I'm going to say for sure within the next decade, but I'm I'm saying even in the next two to five years, I think we're going to see such dramatic change in this industry uh, that people are going to have to learn to adapt. Now, the good news is those that learn to adapt, and especially those that are on teams that learn to adapt. I think they're going to have a real leg up over everybody else. So. Yeah, I could see some teams joining other teams, everybody joining together to make it work, right? Finding that yeah. level that works, right? Oh, you'll Bigger see some consolidation for sure. Yeah. 100%, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think that that's that's how I feel, but yeah. All right, question number two. Um, well, I, I was staking it on AI. Okay, how do you think – what do you think the level of somebody that takes coaching from any, from somebody – to an agent that doesn't, what is the difference in you? You've seen it more than anybody. What's the difference? Well, I can tell you the actual statistics. There's data behind this, actually. Uh, and, and the National Association of Realtors here in the United States uh, did a, a survey. They do a survey every year and they and they yeah. poll agents and they, they look at numbers and statistics all the time. Uh, and I'll tell you that what they found was that the average agent with a coach outproduces the average agent without a coach by eight to 11 X massive difference, eight to 11 X difference in productivity between those that have a coach and those that don't. So. Well, I definitely, we're seeing that yeah. in the house, right? So people that put the time into spend time with your team leaders or coaches are definitely doing better. Right. Well, and, and Jody nailed one of the reasons. I don't think it's the only reason, but I think Jim, Jody's got a real good handle on one of the reasons. And she says accountability is the huge difference. Um, I, I do think that is a huge difference. In fact, I, you know, I'm often quoted as saying, you know, where progress is measured, progress improves, where progress is measured and reported, the rate of improvement increases, which is actually a quote I stole from a guy named Thomas S. Bonson, FYI. Uh, brilliant guy. But the the fact of the matter is it's true, right? You've got to track your progress. You've got to report your progress to someone who's going to hold you accountable to that progress. Uh, but coaching is so much more than that. You know, that, though, that accountability role is really a role that your team leader uh, pr provides, right? The coaching, though, I, one of I, – I, well, Jason, let me back up. What do you think is important about coaching? What is it that you think coaching does that's so important that it's making that 8 to 11x difference? I think it, it – Twofold. I think like when I coach, I get as much back from my clients as I do from me giving. I think it's a it's a great way to push ideas back and forth at different levels, right? So for me, coach tier four, I coached a tier three. I've also coached a tier two. She made me rethink about from a individual agent point of view. So I got, you know, you get different sides and you hear different things from different people and what they're trying and whatnot. So I think that's the value of team and coach is way more ideas get thrown back and forth on what's working and what's not in your, in your market or what might work. So I think it's uh, that sharing community. Well, okay. So let's take that to the next level because I, I think you're onto something there. I think one of the things it does is it stretches your mind. It stretches your belief system on what is possible because you see somebody doing something in another market that you thought previous to that, well, nobody in my market does that, so it's probably not possible. I'm sure somebody's tried it at some point. But then you find out that, no, there's this guy over here in Vancouver or in Florida or wherever 
that is doing this thing and it's crushing it, maybe I should give that a try in my market. And that empowers you to go out and, and implement that and give it a chance uh, and really work it hard to make it work like, you know, for you, like it did for that other person. And then all of a sudden, yep. oh my gosh, there's another benefit in my business. There's another, you know, tool in my tool chest or weapon in my arsenal, if you will. Oh, hundred percent. Right. So, you know, the other thing I'll go backwards on that though. The one thing I will recommend to most agents right now is stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if you've been successful doing one thing or two or three things, just right now, be very careful taking it outside of that. Um, I've had to, and I'm one of the worst because I go to all these events, do this, and like walk back my agents or my admin will be like, oh my God, he's going away. What does he bring him back for us now? Right. So stay in your lane right now. Whatever's worked for you in the past, keep doing the same things, right? So, hey, I'm starting to do open house again, right? That's my bread and butter. I mean, why not, right? I do offer them out to the agents on my team first, but if they're not going to do them, I'm doing them. So um, that's what makes me, you know, money. Um, one of the young guys, he's good at, he tried to do door knocking last year. It didn't really work. He's better on the phone. It's like, figure out what's good um, for you. Like a lot of the agents on my team are now doing more community stuff on that. And I think those are great things to do. Don't get me wrong, but don't take it away from what you're good at, right? Stick to that. Show well, up when, on I, when you say what you're good at, I'm hearing that as don't distract from the things that are bringing you actual results, right? Uh, and Kim says squirrel, <laughs> right? That's yeah. exactly right. I, I, I'm going to get stickers in my office all over the place and just put up stickers of squirrels. Dude, because I'm, I'm as bad as the rest. I'm going to put it on the back of my phone. Every time I have a new idea, I'm going to turn it over. Um yeah, and, and as a team leader, it cost me a lot of money over the last two years trying all these new ventures, thinking this was going to work and this was going to work. And yeah, I'm just down to here right now, right? I'm sticking to what's good. And that's what I, I'm loving hearing you say this because I've been freaking pounding the pulpit on this for who knows how long, right? I always tell people success is boring, right? I mean, yeah. you mentioned Austin earlier, right? Here's this 21-year-old kid. He's the number one listing agent in the, in the United States right now uh, for going on mom and pop. I'm not talking about working with institutional uh, institutions or investors, or right? I'm talking about just mom and pop selling their house. Nobody's doing more of that than I'm aware of than he is. And what is it that he's doing? Every single day, he's just consistent, right? And, and I look at Liz McDonald or Virginia Corbett, or you know, I could go on and on and on and name all these powerful agents that are having the same kind of experience where they're doing the basics every single day. And Kim just said, uh, agents need to be, uh, excuse me, they need to get back to basic, but be careful about chasing new shiny objects. It's so yeah. true. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. Like, I will give Austin credit. Like, I won't drive six hours for a listing appointment, but. <laughs> Good for him. Like, <laughs> he drove like, five and a half hours one way to a listing appointment last night, and five and a half hours back. <laughs> I hope he got it. Uh, he's getting it. Yeah, he is getting it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I drive all the way to Montreal. Um, That's a I long ways. Yeah. But he's consistent at it. But hold on. He only does it after his lead gen. That's right. Right? That's right. After his lead gen, and I'm pretty sure while he was in the car, he was making more calls. 100%. Yes. Right? 100%. You know, like, you know, if you're in the car, what are you doing in the car? You listen to podcasts, you're doing things better. Like, if you're just listening to pure radio, you're listening to, like, junk. Right? Yeah. Like, If you're uh, not making phone calls, here, here's the thing. I, here's what I'd say. I would suggest that if it's between the hours of 8 a.m. and 9 p.m., you should be making phone calls. Outside of those hours, if you're in the car and you have, you know, and then what you should be doing is listen to podcasts like this one, right? Uh, that's that's exactly what I'm doing. By the way, we're running out of time here, so before right. I forget, those of you that would like more podcasts like this, that want to hear from people like Coach Jason O'Keefe, who's doing 150 to 250 transactions a year, go to Clubwealth TV. Excuse me, Clubwealth.com forward slash TV clubhouse.com forward slash TV. Uh, and also join our Facebook group, go into facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash club wealth, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash club wealth and uh, get involved in the conversation. Now, Jason, you are in essentially uh, Ontario, Canada, right? You're in, in yeah, now we're west of Toronto. 
Okay. And so if people, let's just, so for those of you that think of Eastern Canada, you've got, you know, cause I know some of you don't know all the cities there and the geography there and all that stuff. Neither do I. Uh, so, but if you've got an Eastern Canada referral, here's what I'm going to suggest. You need to get in touch with Jason. Jason. We're more central, central. Oh, sorry. Central. You're east of, you're the Eastern part of central Canada. If you yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So long story short, you got a Canadian referral. How's that? We'll just give you all a Canadian. There you go. I'll find a Canadian for you. How do they contact you, Jason? Uh, they can reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Jason O'Keefe, um, or they can uh, look up, uh, phone me, text me, 519-503-5828. Uh, text works amazing. Uh, check it. Or email me, jake, realhomeexperts.ca. Love it. There we go. All right, Jason, seriously, I want to give you the opportunity to, to give our parting shot here. So what, what are your final thoughts, final advice for the people watching today? Just be consistent day in, day out. Pick up the phone. Start with one call or pick up and do an open house this weekend. One thing at a time. And, be, and just because it doesn't work the first time, don't stop. I love it. That's great advice. Coach Jason O'Keefe, appreciate you, brother. Love you. Uh, thank you for spending the time with us today. I know you're a busy man, and uh, I really do appreciate it, seriously. And I know that the people watching do as well. So thank you so much. No problem. Now i got to run five minutes to list the house. So that's ah, I love it. Good for you, man. Go get that listing. Everybody remember, you are world class. Take care, everybody. 87%. Yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something. Why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or, you've, or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just want to get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you want to get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you want to get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you want to get to 10,000. Let me tell you something. You need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you, that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session.